And I think what you said really struck a chord then. You said it's a real mindset shift, right? Like, you know, it's you work for them, not yeah. they work for you. Yeah. And, and I think that's the key. I think yeah. if more employers had that mindset shift that, yeah, I've got, an, I've got a, a fresh graduate, I'm going to work for them. I'm going to help set their career up yeah. rather than they're going to do everything I'm going to tell them to do and they're going to do it because I'm paying them two different mindsets. Because, uh, yeah, once upon a time I ran a marketing agency as well. So we went through that process of hiring young people and and that mindset shift, I, I totally agree. It's, it's something where, you know, they come in, they don't have any experience, but they've got energy versus someone that has like 30 years of experience. They're set in a specific way of doing things and they're more towards like, I'm just doing this to get paid mm. versus these young guys that just, they bring that energy, they bring that vibe mm. and they just want to be the best that they can be. Yeah. You've got to nurture that, right? Yeah. You know, I, I try and teach my kids the same thing about leaving enough for other people, right? So yeah. I think a big a big thing about business is being... I used to have a business where, you know, you you negotiate and there is always room for negotiation, right? But I don't think you should do it to the point where you've also got to take into account the other person. They've also got to feed their family. Mm. So if you try to take everything, they've got nothing left, right? And then that just contributes to the poverty problem. So we've all got to, to leave something for someone else. And, and it goes so true, Sev, going back to you, what you said, you know, leaving a legacy something that you know yeah people can build upon it's it's like you go into a casino with a a plan not that i'm a fan of gambling you know in my earlier days i i enjoyed the roulette wheel going to play blackjack i still play poker with my friends because i like the i like the hustle i like the the bluff the hustle muscle yeah but when you go into the casino you go in, in with a plan but the casino is designed to make you overextend yeah and try again and think that you can do better. But the house always wins. Yep. If you can master that discipline in life, you will be able to not only live a selfless life, but leave a legacy at the same time. And the reason why I bring up the casino analogy is if you have a plan and you hit it and you're strong enough to leave, that, that goes tenfold into life. Um, but... Uh, Tell everybody who you are, where you've come from, and where you are right where you are right now. And I'll add some more questions to that. Yeah, no, it sounds good, Seb. So hey everyone. My name is Douglas Slim and I actually come from Noramara. So best place to come from in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm the co-founder of a uh, software as a service product called Subamplify. Now, two aspects to Subamplify. First aspect is it's a subscription e-commerce platform. So if you want to sell anything online, it could be condiments, it could be uh, kicks like your your um, your shoes. Uh, you need an online store. You can set it up through our main platform and then you can set up a subscription product from the get-go. So that's one product. And then the other part is we also have a subscriptions app that you can install if you run on a platform like Shopify. Yeah. So you can sell anything on a subscription. So going back to that example before, if you sell condiments, you can install our app and sell it on a monthly basis, on a recurring weekly basis, however you see fit. And like 
recurring subscription-based um, purchasing, one that comes to mind is the Dollar Shave Club. Yes. How similar is your business model to that to theirs? Yeah, look, that is such a great question. We we enable that. So if you have a a, a store that sells something on a subscription like razor blades, you could use our app to to do that. So we're more of the the mechanism to enable it. So mm -hmm. we're the software that allows you to do it um, versus being a brand that actually sells a physical product ourselves. We're yeah. more the software behind it. Awesome. And yeah. when it comes to fulfillment, how automated is that process for the products that uh, your clients uh, deliver? Yeah, I love this question. So out of all our clients, uh, a lot of them use a third-party logistics company. So uh, shout out to Sophie at Quickmail who – who I, I highly recommend. That's who we work with a lot. Um, otherwise, they'll either have that or their own warehouse or they'll just ship it out of their own, like, and you see this on TikTok, I love this. You see people shipping out of their own, you know, their own house. Yeah, they hustle. So they hustle, right? The early uh, yeah, days. Yeah, the early days, the foundation yeah. days. I mean, like, so. that's, that's where it starts. Um, for me, I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to do, like, like push a product out yeah. um, with meaning but I could never find a product with meaning. I don't want to do the drop shipping thing, no disrespects. I've got mm. a guy over East who teaches people how to do it and he's a millionaire now at 24, right? Um, and I'm like, oh, I really I really want to try it, but I just I can't find anything. I'm like, everybody needs this. I can't yes. find it because my intent is quite different. Um, I've got a kind of uh, approach where I want to uh, sell digital products, where yeah. it's like a PDF. I've got an educational background. I want to create something that probably is a little bit making fun of the education system because it's outdated um, that can give value to the kids. Over the peak of the pandemic, I streamed on TikTok maths lessons. Nice. At the peak, I had 20,000 students so good. watch me. Wow. And they would take the notes, take the photo, and they send the notes to me via Instagram DM. Yeah. I only ever had one parent a little bit concerned going, why is my child yeah. uh, like messaging you? That's, isn't that weird? I'm like, yeah, but look at all the notes and stuff. There's no maliciousness here. And that's like the stigma, right? You don't want teachers like communicating to students. Yeah. They weren't my personal students. But at the same time, I'm like, why not? I've got a working with children's check. I'm making an impact. They're making notes whilst yeah. all the other teachers are still trying to figure out how to unmute their Zoom, you know? Absolutely. But going back to the um, your thing, so a bit of a segue, mm. a bit of a tangent, um, physical products, what made you get into this uh, in the first place? What, where, where did you see the gap that made you go, I want to be in this industry? Oh, mate, when, when you were talking before, Sev, about the pandemic – you brought back memories of how we actually got started. So it was actually a few years ago, my wife and I, we literally sat on a couch like this and had the same questions that you just asked, like love to ship a physical product, like create a community around it. Like yeah. what could we do? And we literally sat on it for a few months before we both came up with the idea of a crochet subscription box. So crocheting, mate, mate yeah. yeah, love crocheting. Hey, so crocheting is like knitting, but with one hook. And so my wife, loves to crochet it's her one of her favorite pastimes i'm not a crocheter i've learned a little bit about how to do it i'm more the tech kind of marketing guy similar to yourself sev 
but so we started that and we launched it in the US when we, we first did it. Uh, and we grew it to be one of the biggest crochet subscription boxes in, in the US. Uh, and that's kind of what kicked off my journey in the e-com. Yeah. And I think when we, we added that subscription element to the business, because it was a subscription box, that's kind of where we learned the power of subscriptions. And we thought to ourselves, look, wouldn't it be cool if we had a platform that you could set this all up out of the box, which is where Subam 5 was born out of. And, and then we, we pivoted to be able to allow anyone who already has a store on Shopify to add subscriptions. And kind of that kind of led us down that, that journey. And that did not exist anywhere else before? No, so we were one of the first to market. So we we had that first mover advantage, which also comes with the downside where you got to educate the market first because people were like, what is this? And then you have people on your heels yes. copying you. Correct. And trying Correct. to overtake you. Yes. So how did you, how did you go through that process in your head? Because I relate because I was one of the first in Australia to start talking about TikTok on a marketing scale. Fantastic. Over yeah. three years ago now. Wow. And people are still not listening, which is frustrating. And now I'm seeing agencies who are going, yeah, we do TikTok and all that. But they push, they push ads behind it, yeah. which is another story. But I can feel them on my heels. The, the degree of difference is huge. They don't have a marketing degree. Uh, well, I don't have a marketing. They don't have an education degree, which is what I teach. And they don't have five years of proof nobody does yeah and they don't have that business mindset and they also don't have that two-year sales pipeline that i grew with my wedding photography business directly from tiktok organically for free wow, that's incredible wow and i'm just thinking people are going to come at me mm. and they're going to push their content yeah. their their tiktok advisory i'm seeing it mostly in america thank god because a lot of them are this they're just money grab Money grab, money grab. They're like, I'll teach you how to grow your channel. But then what? How do you monetize yeah, it? Yeah. How do you monetize on. it? Like I know how to do it. And then that's when the business skill comes in. So I'm still biding my time. But I really now want to put my foot down and really just go, all right, guys, enough, enough talking. Let's do. Because I see that you guys are getting onboarded by a $100, $150 an hour consultant and I'm seeing it everywhere in Australia. They're like, yeah, 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 grow, grow, grow. I go to all their channels. I'm like, where's your proof? Yeah. You've got 1,500 followers on all your channels put together. You don't have a business and you don't have any testimonials. What's going on, right? Yeah, spot on. So how do you feel about your industry and that sort of wavelength? Yeah, look, that's such a great question, Sev. I remember when we first launched, we, I remember running those Facebook ads because TikTok wasn't around back then. Uh, and then, yeah, and then a whole raft of competitors came through. And I remember thinking at the time, look, this is, it, it did hit me because I wasn't used to it. So I was like, man, like everyone just copying each other. It's like crazy. But then I, I kind of, when I got over that initial hump, I learned that, to, well, one, to accept it because there's nothing I could do about it. And two, it made me realize that, you know, if people are copying you, then obviously you're doing something right, right? Like, you're making a ripple in the world that someone is actually copying you. And so kind of it, it forced us to really focus, A, on making our product better, which was good, a good thing. And secondly, I think the biggest thing that came out of it was the community. So I, I love what you 
you talk about with your TikToks and yeah. stuff, like the community, right? So we grew the brand, but we, we attached that community with it. So we really got to know our customers. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our customers are a bit older. So a lot of them passed away. Some of them passed away because they were the older generation and, and their husbands would email us and tell us about the funeral and all this sort of stuff. And we got that close to our customers. Wow. Um, so that was the, the big positive where Over we the, turned it. And that's a small time frame too, like three, less than three years. Yeah, three to four years, correct. Yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah. So you built this community and how did you leverage that community build to then um, continue building what you have? Yeah, so we, we learnt a lot from that community. So how they use their subscriptions. So we, we saw what they were doing, how often they would buy. Uh, and more so just understanding the psychology behind why they would buy a subscription because during the pandemic, obviously sales like tripled, quadrupled because everyone was at home. Yeah. But then usually around January after December, the quiet period, uh, sorry, after December, the, the busy period of Christmas, people's wallets tend to just get put away for a little bit because yeah. they've just spent all this money. So we kind of used all that data and understanding their buying habits to put that into the app. So where we're different with our subscriptions app is we're not just transactional. So we're really shifting the software into more relational, more community focused. Yep. So you have a subscription, but then how can we help you through our software to create that community around it? Yeah. And that's kind of where we're taking it at the moment. The sense of belonging is one of the primal needs of a human being. Mm. If you can provide that through your brand, you have clients for life. Yeah, spot on, yeah? spot on. Yep, correct. What has been um, the one of the key factors in someone committing to a subscription that you found? What, like, How does the psychology work behind that? I can tell you how they get me. It's convenience. Yep. What else is there? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big thing, convenience. Then you've highlighted the second biggest point, which is being belonging to something. Mm. So a lot of our customers that joined our crochet subscription box would be often like, my family member spoke about you guys, my workmate spoke about you. And uh, interestingly enough, I found this out from some of our customers in the US. In their lunch breaks, people actually crochet. So when they're working they actually crochet at yeah. their desk. It's such a massive thing over there compared to here. But uh, yeah, just belonging. So feeling they they see our videos, user-generated content on online, people, our customers posting videos and they're like, I want to be part of that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, my wife and I also made ourselves, I think this is the other thing, if you want to get into creating a, a community around a subscription, you've got to be the face of the brand, right? So oh. like... I see your face, you are the face of your brand. And I love that, right? You're not hiding behind a logo or you are there. We see you. And it's, it's a big, yeah, yeah it's, it's huge, right? It's a big uh, separation of difference between everybody else. Yeah. I see other agencies, yep. other brands or like marketing agencies. Their CEOs, their, their owners, they're, 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 the only time I hear from them is then when they're talking about the accolades. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I want to know you more. Yes. You're just a business person. Yeah. Especially when they talk about creative. I'm like, are you a creator though? Yeah. I love, I love the fact that I'm a practitioner and that I actually do it. So then I'm like, would you rather a, an agency that is, you know, built this whole monster 
with all these people they have underneath them, mm. keyword underneath? Yep. Would you like rather have someone that's done it themselves at scale and who has per other magicians working with them? Yeah. You know? But um, my question for you for, for that is the sense of belonging, the convenience, that's, that's added in with a physical product. Mm. Have you demonstrated this with a service-based product for subscription models? Oh, that is, that is such a good question. <laughs> I have to rack my brains for this one. Uh, so we primarily have dealt with physical products um, and digital products, mind you. So with our crochet subscription box, we actually built Subamplify for us. So we're our, we're our own customer. And part of that is we created our own subscription product, uh, sorry, digital subscription product as well. But in terms of service, uh, I mean, in the past, I have done marketing services for clients. But since I've sub started Sub Amplify, we're purely in the digital slash physical product yeah. realm. Yeah. Um, but I do have a question for you, Seth, yes. actually, before I forget. I loved when you touch upon that point about being the face of your, your agency, your you know, your company, what would you say to a CEO listening to this right now to what can they do to expose themselves a bit? Say they're a little bit afraid to get in front of the camera, yep. to be out there, they're not extroverted. What are some simple things you think they can do? Ask yourself, I'm going to write notes too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> ask yourself why you want to improve, mm. why, why you're thinking about it and – if your company brand business is doing well without you in it, how much more value would it bring if you actually took the leap and showcasing yourself? Mm. And you don't even have to talk about your company. You can talk about yourself, your upbringing, your everything that's happened up until now to get to this point because people are interested in that. And that can become its own side brand. And what will people do? They will go, who is this person? I like the value. But what do they do? Google, oh, they own this company. I'm into crochet. I'm going to buy that because this guy has given me so much value about business, entrepreneurship. I crochet. I don't even like crochet. My mum does. I'm going to gift it for her for Christmas because this guy's given me value through his interviews. Right? Like that. Yeah, Best example. Good. In the recent times, um, Alex Hamozzi. Mm. And I talk about him all the time. Yeah. I, I discovered him early. I was hipster Alex Hamozzi. That's all he does. He just creates little snippets of business ethics, goal, like things, life advice, talks about his wife, all like random stuff. The reason why is because he's trying to find relatable touch points with as many people as possible. Mm. Because... If you look at the law of averages, the 1% of 1% are, your, are going to be your clients. The 1% are going to be your big fans. The 1% of that, and that's worst case scenario too, depending on how good you are, will be your paying clients. You create scale content, right? And it's not going to go, not everything's going to go viral, but you're going to flood the market, yeah, right? Good. You're going to flood the market and you're going to, let's say you get a million views or a million followers, Right, one percent of a million, ten thousand. That's right? heaps. That's, That's heaps. a lot. It's ten thousand people, mm. and you you do that all the time, like he does. You're going to build that 
average to go higher. Let's say you have uh, 1% of 10,000, right? You've got uh, uh, 100 people. 100 people that will buy. That's still a lot That's too. a lot of people. Yeah. 100 people. Yeah. And let's say your product is $10. Yeah. It's $1,000. $1,000, yeah. $1,000. Let's say it's a subscription. Ah, I like where you're going. Now so you've got $1,000 a month. Yeah. Right? But let's say that they're Googling, this is my favorite part, because they go, oh, this is where agencies go wrong. Oh, but I, I want to target to a niche audience. That is actually the wrong way to go about it. And here's why. You have your reach broad. You have your 1% of your target audience and then 1% of that that will buy. What are the rest of them potentially going to do? Mm. They're going to be your business card. They're going to be your word of mouth. They're going to be planted the seed from all the content that you've been putting out at scale and they're going to go, interesting, not relevant to me, but all I'm seeing is this person about this topic subconsciously. Then they're going to refer that to someone that is needed because people want sense of belonging. Yeah. If I refer you someone that you're going to benefit from, I have a sense of belonging that I helped you out. I have fulfillment. I have valid, you know, validation of you know, me doing something good for you. I'm leaving a, a, a mini internal legacy for you. And, uh, you know, that's it. But businesses, brands and companies are, uh, are thinking about it all wrong. They're thinking about the 1% that they need to target, put money behind it. We need to target this one. Why not target everybody? Yeah. Because that can be my first ever like inquiry it. from TikTok. Yeah. First ever inquiry from TikTok was a mother in her 50s who's already married before. She's getting remarried. She has kids. The kid found me on TikTok. Wow. And said, Incredible. My mu- uh, and, and the, the, the lady yeah. said, I'm a former school teacher, relatability. Yep. And my kid found you on TikTok and saw that you are a wedding photographer and begged me to inquire with you wow. because he wants you to be the wedding photographer. They went down a pipeline. Yeah. They saw that I had a website and wedding photography yeah. and was, was the product was good, right? And they're like, yeah, you're our guy. But before that, I had done nothing but relate yeah. this tattoo. I got yep. this tattoo when I was 20. I added the colors in three years ago, two years ago, Blink-182, right? I made a TikTok about adding the colors in. Yeah. I got a client, a wedding client because of that Brilliant. because their favorite band was Blink-182. Wow. It wasn't even about weddings, but they knew I had weddings. And mm. then one key touch point that made it relatable, right? I love that. So – that's and th- where and that's not a traditional sales pipeline either, no, right? That's no. like being you, being authentically. That's the brand you. build. That's yeah. the brand build. You have to create that. the funnel that's indirect. Mm. But there's all these different things that you need to know. You need to be authentic. You need to be in your intent needs to be, I love doing this. You can't you can't be salesy. Yeah. You can't ask. You have to give. You know, it's funny, I love I love chatting with you, Sev, because I'm a I'm a fan of Hamozi as well. And you watch his videos and he's like got like rough as anything, right? He's wearing like a flannel flannel, and he's got like a Band-Aid on his nose (laughs) because he's cut himself. He's wearing a hat. He looks like he's just woken up from bed, but he doesn't care, right? He's so authentic. He's like, yo, this is what it is. This is how it is. You want to be successful, blah, 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 blah. Um, And the thing I like about him, he doesn't 
swear, right? It's yeah. not his thing. It's not like he goes off and just every second word is a swear word, but he's authentically who he is. Yeah. I love that. And his story, by the way, that thing is yeah. a breathing thing. He doesn't cut himself. Oh, it's is a, it? It's oh, a breathing I didn't even thing. know. Okay, yeah. that's a breathing thing. So he developed a, uh, a gym starter thing. And I'm paraphrasing here, but mm. um, he would help launch gyms all across America. And it would be in person. And he, he, he one time went halves, was meant to go halves with someone uh, for a gym together, mm. business partners. And then last minute, the other person fell through. Oh. So he had, I think, $60,000 saved. And the half that he was going to put in was like 25K. But because his business partner bailed he had to he had to fork out 50k which left him 10k all up with what he had what he did he slept in his gym wow but then he built that up to 10,000 20,000 uh revenue a month of membership and then he built a system optimized that system tested it over time again and again and again started helping others and then another story i heard from him he said that um Someone called him up and said, oh, one of his clients, I'm struggling. How do I get more members? And he had a system. He goes, well, I don't really have time to teach you, but here's the system, right? Uh, he goes, oh, how much? He goes, Alex was like, six, six grand. He's like, yeah, done. Made a $6,000 sale then and there. And the guy called him. So good. So then Alex was like, I have 200 other clients what if I called all of them up and see what happened? Over time, he, 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 I, th I forget how much he made, but he made a lot of money yeah, that, wow. that day. And he was, he was playing. He was like, um, you can have it for 10 grand. Yep, no worries. I think he, he said something like he got sold one for 20K. The system, the same system. People just want value and they, yeah. they've built that relationship with him. That's where I actually like Alex. Alex is a big inspiration because that story I heard about that two, three years ago. Yeah, or maybe less than that. But I was like, I have a system. I can sell that system to people, but unfortunately, that system is a creative system to build content for people's channels. People aren't creative. Not everybody. Like very minimal people are creative. Um, so there's a problem there. And that's where like I would want to nurture them and help them and teach them. And that's why I asked you about service-based subscriptions because people want, people want my system. They mm. want to see how I did 1.5 million followers in five years and still going up. It's not linear. Nothing's linear, right? And they want to know how I've sustained that and survived that. Like the last two months specifically – this year, I've gotten 300,000 new followers. Wow. I was on 1.2 million for like a whole year. Why? Because I went away from my brand mm. and I was focusing on consulting because that's what I love doing. I love educating. Now I'm back. I'm like, all right, let's play with the brand a little bit. I got a bit creative and, and hit a gold mine in January, 300,000 followers, wow. almost off of one video. So I was like, cool. Now... Obviously, I'd wish I could do that every day and have 10 million followers and really kill it with my brand. Um, but I feel like the universe has got something more in store for mm. me than just building numbers online because followers don't mean everything. Yeah. So what I'm currently looking at is how do I live my own legacy? And at the moment, I'm still in the selfish mode because the selfish mode is I need to create cash flow. 
I need to get my consulting up to a point where clients are all obviously happy, first first and most yeah. important thing. And the cash flow is the tool to onboard my staff to help me build my brand. So it's like a circle of life sort of thing. Absolutely. Chicken and the egg. And I figured out which one's which. And now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to slowly execute. But uh, it goes back to the subscription thing, goes back to the Alex Hamozzi thing. My big thing is I want to help people at scale. The ones that can afford it, as in the companies and the businesses, the ones that have, have internal marketing teams. That's who I'm targeting. But also the small business owners who don't have anything but their life savings. Mm. I don't want to charge them the same amount. I don't feel right. I feel like there's a lot more pressure. You know the old saying, someone's paying you $50 for a service versus 50K? Yep. The person that pays 50K cares less than the guy that paid $50. Yeah. Because the 50K, that's pro- probably a, a budget of some ridiculous amount versus the $50 of someone that's probably never done it before and goes, this is like part of my life savings. But I want to help those people as well. And that's where the service-based subscription comes in. Yeah. I've got something. I've, I've, I've got the website, I've got it on there, but I just have never done it before where the interface is clean. I've been part of a few memberships, subscription-based memberships, but they're WhatsApp groups. Yeah. It doesn't feel clean. Like, yeah. yes, I, we can talk to all of them and every now and then he drops a Zoom link. All right, everybody, 9 p.m., we're on. It just doesn't feel clean. Mm. I need something more. There's something called Circles, circles.so mm-hmm. or .io, one of those two. It's one of, like it's a membership. It's like kind of like Notion, a little bit yep. of Notion integration. And then you have the like Kajabi sort of style content in there. Um, but man, it's $300 a month to start with. And uh, there it is on the TV there. Yeah, it looks good. Um, it's, it's clean. It's all in one community platform for creators and brands. Um, but I'm just like, 300 bucks a month. I mean, 14-day trial is great. But, uh, man, I need to subsidize that 300 quickly, you know. Yeah. So that's I, the risk and the reward, right? Yeah. Well, I think for you, Sev, like I would, with your knowledge and obviously your experience, and you've got the runs on the board, right, mm. I see you more offering like kind of three tiers, right? So I think – you would be really good as a high ticket coach. Mm. So that's where you, you know, you you do your coaching, um, recorded sessions, plus like a coaching call once a month, and they'll be high ticket, like Hermosi, twenty five grand sort of thing. Oh, goals. So yeah, I mean, like two two sales, fifty grand. There you go, yeah. right? She need a good uh, salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see you as that as one offering, and that's where they get access to you because I think that's the key. Like so. A lot of business owners are busy, right? They, they, they want someone just to come in and do it for them mm. or they want access to you. And I feel like they're willing to pay that mm. to get access to you. So that I'd have like something like that. Yeah. And then you can go for the smaller tier, which is like your mums and dads who are trying to, to get out there, get their business going, but they can't afford 25 grand. Yeah. And that's where the membership comes in, where that could be through, on, uh, you know, some of that content for your high ticket clients, but broken down into for the, for the smaller type clients, um, but without the coaching course. Yeah. So, you know, and it could just be, you know, some new content yeah. every, every month and it could be something simple. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, that's just how I would I mean, approach that's, it. That's but exactly how I've planned it out. Mm. It's just a matter of now, I've never done that before. And it's a matter of, uh, is it something that you could potentially do in your system? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this, Seb. So I'm, I'm going to be adding that to the business as well, which is we've got the software, but then the, the coaching as well. So a lot of, I notice a lot of physical box, oh, sorry, um, e-com store owners, they'll just slap on the, the usual subscribe and save type model, mm. you know, condiments, sell it on a monthly basis, save a little bit of money and that's their subscription. But I think the sh real shift is moving towards now people that want to be loyal to a brand, someone that I love Sev's brand. I, I just want, I just want him, right? Mm. So I want to pay a subscription. And like I was saying before, to you, but instead of to you, to the brand. Yeah. So we want to kind of teach that as well. Yeah. So that's kind of where we want to add that element yeah, into that's, the business. That's so. where I want to go as well. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to rule out physical products. I just don't know what it is. Something unique, something collectible. Like Gary V has got his V friends thing, which is insanely cool, mm, right? On the NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like an NFT world. I do want to explore that space. Um, I was part of something. Um, I had a small percentage of share in and unfortunately things went wrong in the ether, ether mm -hmm. um, space and everything went down and everything went quiet and I'm asking them, I'm like, guys, what are you doing? I'm putting my name on this. Why are you guys not doing anything? Like I, I'm part owner but a very small proportion, which means I'm not a decision maker. Yeah. I'm not a key decision maker. I'll put some input in because that's what, that's what my share involves. What are you doing? So I feel bad. So I really just want to steer clear of it for now. But my NFT sort of approach is coming in kind of like the crypto punks did. They were free yeah. at the start. Now they're, I think they're, they're not as valued as high anymore even yeah. the, the, the 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 apes everything went to to hell um but for my approach i want it to be nfts free thousand tokens or whatever not ten thousand thousands enough maximum of two per person get them involved but i just don't have the infrastructure or the right people on the team to manage it all yet yeah gary yeah. did it perfectly he executed it perfectly. He even delayed it because he wasn't happy because he's not money hungry, mm. right? He made like 50 million or something in the first day anyway, but and now he's making ongoing oh. the 10% the nice. royalty fees is crazy. But for me coming in for free means I have I retain all the leverage because nobody's out of pocket. Mm. They can only go up. And if it fails, it fails, you know? Obviously, I don't want it to fail. Um, but then it just comes with belief and things like that because I don't really need to raise capital for anything. I can create my own cash flow and I like coming from Russia as an immigrant. I love the fact that I came from nothing and I never got any handouts. Yeah, it's good. I mean, capital is still a tool. It's a fine, fine tool to use if you know how to use it. But that's like one of the things I'm like, I reckon I can do it without it. Really would like to do it without it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the approach I want to do is subscription-based, service-based mm -hmm. and 
I like the idea of subscribing to the brand, but they need something from me that's a point of difference. They go, oh, you're subscribed? Oh, that's awesome. And have like a capped amount as well. All these different things you can put in there. I mean, I looked at it early this year or late last year and I thought, you know what? If it's a $100 a month subscription for ongoing coaching, like whether you join a webinar twice a week, or you get an EDM email exclusively to you about all the latest updates and stuff like that. That's pretty good value. 100%. Right? And a thousand of those subscriptions times 100, it's 100K a month, give or take tax and service fees and all that stuff. You know? I just want to make sure that those thousand people are getting, they, they love it. They, yeah. They, and that's what's most important to me. They come in with no reason of a doubt. Cancel any time, whatever. But they go, oh, I just want to pay. I don't even I don't even use the subscription. So I just like, you've given me so much value over time. You know, yeah. that's legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what though? Like I reckon because you're, you know TikTok so well, that is a huge advantage with your subscription. Mm. So I'll give you an example, right? I remember when I first got on TikTok, the trend was people doing dancing. Yeah. It was a, a massive Lip-syncing. thing. Lip syncing, dancing. Mm. And everyone started jumping on dancing, right? Everyone, every mum and dad tried to do dancing. And that was the thing. TikTok was known as like this thing for dancing. And then it progressed where people started realizing, oh, wow, you can, you can give knowledge and, and value. So people started doing like, you know, a few teaching stuff and, and that was good. And then you see the trends now that are happening with all the different sort of things, you know, with like the different filters and all this sort of stuff paying a subscription to someone that can keep me up to date with that stuff mm. I think is invaluable. Yeah. Like what is trending now on TikTok? What works? Yeah. What is the music that you should pick? What are the, the different things where I can incorporate something in my life in about 30 seconds and yeah. create a video out of it? That stuff, that's, that's the, that is worth its, its weight in gold, I reckon. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So. I just need to kick on with it. So um, let's say we start this together, right? Yeah. And you help me with it. How would it work for me doing this and having you do the back-end systems? Because my biggest weakness is systems, the back-end stuff, and having it all organized because all I really want to do is just talk to people. Yeah. I'm not even the best salesman. I just like to tell people what I do and they go, can we buy that? I'm like, ah, yeah, I guess I can, I guess I can sell it. But then they're like, all right, how do I do it? I'm like, shit, I need to make a system. <laughs> I need to make a back-end thing. So with you saying that you're introducing this uh, as a model, I'd love to be the first kind of success story slash case study with this. And uh, it's amazing how this conversation's evolved because I had no idea that that was going to be a thing because when I first looked at your thing, I was like, it doesn't have a service-based end specifically. So... And like I've seen pay, pay gates um, yep. like on, on, on Calendly, people pay straight there, easy. Calendly is amazing. Um, Stan, have you heard of Stan? The streaming service? No, not the streaming service. Yep. The, um, the, it's like a link tree sort of thing and oh, okay. it's a link in bio and you go into it and it's just like all the different services you can get. Stan, link tree service thing yeah no i haven't purchase. heard of it but i have yeah. seen linktree 
Welcome to stand, stand support. I think it's the top one. Maybe. Nah, um, that's the streaming service. There, yeah, there's another one called Stan. But yeah, just go Stan um, uh, Payment. I don't know. I don't know even what you would research, but Stan Payment for Service. Uh, yeah, Stan Store, that's the one. Yeah, that, that one there. Yeah. So Stan is an all-in-one oh. creator store. Tutorial with Stan Store and how to get that dollars, those dollars. But yeah, that's the... I know it's confusing with the streaming service one. But yeah, um, that's something that I, I actually got a, uh early access to okay. years ago when it first started out, but I wasn't ready. Yep. And I could still get into that space, um, but then it's, it's still just a, a pay gate. I can just use Calendly, mm. right? Um, but it's, it's a pretty good little kind of setup. But I'd really like more of a subscription-based thing. Yeah. And then like – I don't know if Shopify is even relevant to service-based sort of stuff. But um, it'd be something interesting to explore. Yeah. I think Shopify is more geared towards physical products to, mm. to tell you the yeah. truth. Like yeah. it's got all the shipping stuff that you've got to handle. Yeah. Um, with that stand though, I was just having a look at it on the screen there. Is it – do they – so you pay them a monthly fee – and you what set up a like a your own creator type store, and yeah. We, and you can charge a subscription through it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and yeah. then it, it's just paywalled. So you just put your content up, and they just so it's like a Kajabi. Yeah, or, yeah. But there's no there's no there's no um like like a course. It's like one on ones and or um like you can set up a PDF to download from it. Oh. So that's what I mean by digital products, right? I've got this kind of vision where. I create these different PDFs, um, get my designer to create some cool Canva stuff because she's brilliant. Sorry to say Canva. She's way better in InDesign as a professional graphics designer should be. And we can release a really cool looking PDF every week or every month or something like that. That helps. And I really want to get back into the education sector, just not in the system because they'll just take it all as their IP. Um, but I want to help kids from primary school all the way to year 12 that, you know, are old enough to access computers and their parents are monitoring them. But more particularly high school because year sevens all the way through year t 12s, I feel like there's a subscription model there that their parents would be stoked to have, like in, a, in terms of a digital one. Yeah. And then we could potentially evolve that into a physical one. I don't know what the physical one would be. But um, another another idea, and this is just me complete. Someone's going to steal this, I guarantee it. As a school teacher, from year seven to year nine, the kids never had stationery. They always lost stationery. So what if you created a stationery subscription-based model for kids and <laughs> the parents would just pay for it and it would just be like uh, biodegradable, yes. sustainable, pens, All pencils. All the good stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. just something that comes in every month. And if you lose it, well, you've got another set coming in a month. I don't know if that'll work, but... Just all Minecraft and Fortnite. Thing. Yeah, all <laughs> Minecraft, Fortnite label, get them onto it, yeah. you know, branding. Could be something. Yeah, well, I always think, you know, you try it and see what the data tells you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then Might. it's the branding, right? Mm. So if it's like, oh, it's Sev's, Sev's stationery. Like, because I'm big on education, it's like... Yeah, I've got a Sev. I've got a Sev's Picks pen. 
I don't know. And then every month it could be a new one. But um, like going back to the actual digital stuff, uh, the PDFs would be something like um, just advice or um, tool, a tool that they can like – a, like a framework that they can go through. All right, this month it's this. This month is this. A lot of work to go behind it. I'd have to have someone else helping me with copyright and that. But it's something definitely I really want to explore. But going back to the consulting, that's where we are right now and that's where, that's where I'm enjoying myself for the moment. But the legacy is in education for the kids to do, to do what they love, yeah. to, to be able to, to discover what they want to do. My three pillars of education are self-awareness mixed in with self-esteem, kind of they hand in hand, financial fitness and pivoting, mm. right? So if you're self-aware and you build that confidence through your self-esteem early enough, you can do whatever you want. Amen to that. And then whatever job that you get at the start of your career, the financial fitness will help you go, I'm going to put 50% into investment. Not saving it, investing it. Then by the age of 30, you know the stats. Yeah. You'll be able to be more financially fit, maybe even free, so that if you do decide to change jobs, which is the third pillar, pivoting, you're away. Because your self-awareness grows to the point where you will change. Nobody sticks to their job in their 20s well into their 50s and is truly happy unless they're super lucky. Yeah. I love this, Sev, because I have this chat with mates all the time, right? Like I've got a friend who in his 40s hates what he does, Mm. Uh, just hates it. Mortgage, wife, kids. But he's got mortgage, wife and kids. He can't. He can't switch, right? And then I think back to when I was 17 working out what I want to do. To base the rest of your life and put so much pressure on these kids to say, uh, you need to work out what you want to do and do well at high school because that's going to dictate the rest of your life. I don't like that narrative. Like I think life, it can change so much. Like there's nothing wrong with doing something. And then going, you know what, I really don't enjoy this. I'm going to pivot, like you said, and switch to something different. Yeah. And culturally as well, like I came from immigrant parents and my dad, Asian culture is like, I want you to be a doctor or a lawyer or yeah. something of status. Yeah. I could not, I remember being a kid and going, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be this prestigious lawyer. I don't, I don't care. I just want and. That's kind of what I want to do with my kids and tell them like exactly what you said, Sev. I don't care what you do as long as you're happy. That's yep. my biggest thing because you're going to be doing it for the rest of your life pre- predominantly maybe. So just enjoy it, right? Absolutely. And I dare I say 99% of people should pivot yeah. multiple times throughout their life. Yes. Unless you've absolutely found your calling, it doesn't happen. It, it's like winning the lottery. And even then, the lottery, you kind of miss out on the journey. Mm. Like if you find something you wake up to every day that you just like cannot wait to get out of bed to do, that's when you know you're passionate about it. Like I love educating people. I love helping them. I get that sense of fulfillment. But dare I say, I don't feel that I'm completely, you know, found what I want to really, really do. Mm. And... When I was doing my photography stuff before I started getting paid for it, 
I really enjoy doing that. I couldn't wait to get to the city. Wow. And I would race, I would race the sun down the coast to get it on the sun, sunset. Um, there'd be shipping, uh, ship, uh, oil ships out in the horizon and they have a crane on each side and I would try and park my car and get the sun to sit on the... I've got a couple of so the photos. One yeah. of the first photos I took, it was my creativity. I really wanted to do it. I didn't care about anybody else if they liked it. I just want to see if I do it. And I love that. And I think the, the important question, this is something I want to ask everybody, including yourself, is what is your perfect day? What does that consist of? If it could be every day as well. Mm. Oh, that's such a great question, Sev. Look, I think I'm, I'm very similar to you in that, you know, legacy is mm. a big thing. Kids are a big thing. So I teach um, the kids at my church on Sunday. I absolutely love it as well because you're investing in the next generation. So I love kids as well. Uh, and all the things you spoke about, right, getting up and doing what you love. And so for me, my perfect day would be just being able to um, wake up, and I love playing Monopoly Deal with my kids. So we'll do that. We'll play that. I love reading a daily devotional, having breakfast as a, as a family, and then just doing what I love, which is I love designing product like software. I love being able to help customers. I love coming up with ideas and strategies uh, because I've been programming since I was a kid. So it's kind of like my thing. I, like your photography, I love getting and coding something and generating something out of life yeah like something from scratch and building it up and i just i love doing that um and then just living life as if i'm leaving something better behind me right like i and this is why i relate to you so much i think at the end of my tenure i never wanted to go you know like bring me this ferrari or bring me this like who does that right it's it's bring me my family and I'm, I'm happy dying knowing that I've helped this many people. Yeah. Um, and especially now, like I, I wrote this on a LinkedIn post. In my 30s, I went to like million weddings, right? Everyone was – all our mates were getting married. In my 40s, I'm early 40s, I've already been to like six funerals. Similar age? Similar age. So I'm not – these guys are in their 40s and 50s that are – have passed away. What has been the most common cause? Oh, we could go through <laughs> Is it <laughs> dark? Uh, no, look, it's a couple of different things. A um, couple of heart attacks. Yeah, just yeah. I won't say too much about that one. Um, heart attacks, uh, just uh, leukemia, mm. um, cancer. I bring, this, so, I bring this topic yeah. on a little bit more of a note because – Life is long, but it's also not uh, – it's, it's finite. Mm. And as much as you're on the path of finding something that you love doing, you've got to be living in the moment. Mm. But also to the point where you're not racing to get to retirement because at the end of the retirement, you don't even know what retirement is. You see other people retired – I personally see people that are retired that I don't want to live that life. It looks boring. I want to continue doing what I'm doing. And I've had one of my best mates. Um, 
he's in his 50s, early 50s. Uh, he's a former colleague of mine when I was teaching. He called me up last week and he said that his best mate, he said he knew from 15 years old, passed away oh. out of nowhere. He was, he was in the basement doing a workout. And just passed away. Just, just heart attack. In, in his early 50s. Another heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they would good. talk three times a week, you know. So for me... It's not just about finding what I love doing, enjoying the moment, but also man manifesting a point where by the time I hit 40, I'm only 32, luckily. Mm. By the time I'm 40, I'm what society would call retired. Escape yeah. the rat race. Rich dad, poor dad um, developed a game called Escape the, the Rat Race. And it's, it's not a cheap game. It's some would call it a more hardcore version of Monopoly, but you're not racing against anybody else. You're not. You're not. No one else is. You know. You're not landing on anybody else's houses. Um, but you know there are opportunities that come in. Have you played the game? We had the game. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you know, at the start, you put your cheese yeah. on a uh, specific milestone, and everyone's like, you know. From, create get 400,000 a, a year and and have your own you know theme park and things like that i always choose have my statue in a park yeah I, that's what always that? i want to choose interesting because that's that's what that's what resonates to me the most as legacy mm. you have a statue of yourself years from now people are going to walk past and go who's this person yeah maybe like two or three people will actually care but that statue's there for a lot longer. Maybe it'll get collapsed, maybe whatever. They'll renovate it or go, who is this guy 200 years from now? But they still talk about, you know, Benjamin Franklin and you know, they'll be talking about Elon Musk for, for, de oh, for centuries, yeah. you know. Um, and like why not get to a point where I'm also being talked about that? Yeah, you know, definitely. I don't, I don't want to start a SpaceX program to get to Mars. I want to get. I want to help the kids educate them with like. I want to be remembered as the guy that helped kids realize they could do whatever they want and really went against the grain of the education system. You know, yeah. but that escape the rat race thing. You get a card that gives you a job occupation. If you're a doctor, you're making lots of money, but you have lots of debt. Correct. If you're a janitor, you don't have much money. You don't have much debt. And I've played it a few a uh, few times, and you learn about tax, you learn about loans, you learn about um, percentages and all that stuff. Brilliant game, everybody should play it. And yeah, when you finally escape the rat race, your ultimate goal doesn't come straight away either, because you still have to land on that piece. You have, still have to work for it, yeah. and it's like the perfect condensed version of what life is. But if you don't know where you're heading because you're just too distracted by the world through social media, TV, sports, music, all these nice things to, to be involved with, you get distracted. I talked about this the other day with someone else. You need to really focus in on yourself to really help your self-awareness grow. And that's where I want to come in and go, hey, guys, I know you're on TikTok scrolling right now. However... What have you done today to empower yourself or yourself tomorrow? And Jordan Peterson said, he goes, 
if you want to make a change right now, don't wait till five years from now to do it because five years from now you'll be a lot older mm. in the same spot. Yeah. And that's where like I bring up the, the death thing. You, you look back. I mean, if, if you're dead, you're dead. That's it. But if you get past, if you're lucky enough to get past that point to, you know, reflect back, regret's worse. Correct. Regret's the worst thing. So true. Like, man. So I'm, I'm grateful to, you know, chat with you, um, do my thing, have the courage to, to leave a, a government recession-free, pandemic-free job that was paying two and a half grand a fortnight. But I look back and go, wow, if I stayed there, yeah. I would be so much more unhappy. So My, oh, just like the opportunities that I have now, and that's where people need to learn that that's what happens. That's the bigger picture. It's hard to like kind of preach that to people because I've done it and some people say, oh, it's easy for you to say. But that's where I've documented every step of the way, which is just more magical because yeah. kids from school, they message me. They go, Sev, we've, we've, uh, we've watched you since school. You've wow. literally done what you said you would do. And we saw every step of the way. It's inspiring. So I want to really amplify that. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's the, my biggest challenge right now is the continued income to help live that dream. So any sponsors out there, hit me up. Yeah. But um, for yourself, you're loving what you do. You've, you've described to me your perfect day. What happens next? Wow. First of all, I just want to say um, how incredibly proud I am of you, Sev, Thank for you. following your dreams. I just, I think it just really hit a note for me because I, I'm exactly the same. I, I never wanted to be at the end of my life to go, what if? Mm. Um, and, you know, being an entrepreneur, doing your own business, as you know, it's really hard. Like, oh, uh, it, it is, is the so hardest thing. hard, right? It's not for like, everybody. It's not for everybody. And yeah, if you, go get a job and you work for someone, you can go to work, come home and not have to worry about how you're going to get that income in because you're just going to get paid, right? Whereas a business, you got to, we sp we've spoken about this, you got to get the income. you got to work out how you're going to get sales and you got to pay your taxes. you you got to potentially hire staff. you got so much stuff that you need to handle. Yeah. Um, you create that nine to five job for someone else. Yeah. Yeah, correct. It makes and me it makes me feel sometimes a hypocrite because I really just encourage people to to live their as life as best as possible. If they're comfortable with the nine to five, that's fine. But they just need to know that they're aware that there's a far greater option out there. But if in their mind the nine to five is their best option because that's their personality, that's all right. As yeah. long as they know that there's a better like a, a different option alternative. So, yeah. And I think it goes back to what you said, right? So if you have a, a great job and, and you're getting paid, and that, that's fine, each their own. But if you, you have a passion that you want to uh, to help kids, you want to eliminate poverty, you want to do this, you want to do that, that's where I think, you know, you have an opportunity to give something of yourself to the world yeah. uh, because you have the passion and desire for this people group, for this cause. And that's 
that's part of who you are. So for me, I'm similar to you that I, I grew up in Nolamara in a homes worth housing. I know what it's like to be poor. It's been, it was tough growing up. We didn't have a lot. And I walk around and I see people struggling in the street. I see people around the world struggling. And my wife and I really want to help these people. We mm. want to help the marginalized. Um, and I, you know, it, it burns up inside of me and that's kind of where we want to head. That's our next thing. That's yeah. where, you know, like we're having ch a chat before we got on, like uh, why can't in business everyone prosper or shall prosper, you know? Yeah. Like you, ha you, you deal with someone and you negotiate and that's all good because there's room for negotiation but that person that you're negotiating with also has to pay for his and feed his family or feed her family. Yeah. So why can't we be successful and then let others be successful too? So I want to I want to change how things are done. There's a thing called universal base income and it exists in places. You can say that it kind of exists here if you consider Centrelink as, you know, a bit of a, you know, basic cost of living covered. You still have to work for it, mm. which is fine because, you know, there's no free ride. They can say that you can say that society brought in this structure of money. Is money even a real thing? You know all this stuff. Um, universal base income. I I reckon it would work, but I can't help but think about like all the consequences. What would people do if they chose? You know, like okay, rent's paid or roof over my head, the food's paid for. What happens then? I feel like the divide will be a lot greater potentially mm. in terms of the lower economic and the higher economic um, because the people that want to do it, they will you'll be like, great, I've got a base income sorted. I can take more risks. I can do whatever I want. And I feel like as the front runners, entrepreneurs, business owners who, you know, I'm, I'm just about to onboard staff properly first time. Exciting. And I've been thinking about how I'm going to do it. A lot of it's very transparent. What are you happy with? Where do you want to go? Let's do that together. And I feel like they're not even working with me. They're not working for me. I don't like saying that. They're not working with me. I'm working for them because mm. I want to help them out. And I feel that will build loyalty, trust and a long-term sort of thing. And then they're stoked. They learn and then they'll pivot one day. It may not be around anymore. Just don't forget where you came from. But um, I feel like that's where leadership should go now is be more in tune with your staff. I'm still seeing a lot of businesses, uh, you know, churn and burn client mm. uh, staff internally. And it's frustrating for me as a consultant because you start again. You try to build tribal knowledge within a within a company, but the the people that you've taught they they weren't happy with the boss. I, I hear it a lot. on the weekend. I was talking to a group of people, and I said, um, are you, "Do you enjoy the industry you're in?" They're like, "Yeah, but I'm like, okay, go on." Our boss is a bit micromanaging. It's oh, this yeah. is their baby, and I'm like, "And how do you feel about that? Do you feel validated?" And they're, they're young, they're, they're, they've just come out of uni, they've, they've, they've landed their first job, they're excited. 
But those dreams can be crushed so bad if they join the wrong boss, the wrong leader, because that leader, I mean, and you know they say need five years experience minimum, things like that. Sometimes you do need to take a risk a lot of the time with the new talent, but you have to guide them. You have to guide them. You have to go, right, you're coming in as almost like an intern, like a trainee. It's going to be cheap for me, but it'll be beneficial if I train them to be long-term success because that will reflect on my – I'm not seeing that. Mm. I'm not seeing that. It's – why not? And and especially with marketing. This is just a marketing thing. I'm seeing agencies expand and then downgrade. Why? What's happening there? That's not right. I was in the health sector for a moment in time with a specific client – not going to go into too much detail, but uh, their biggest competitors were other health organizations who were bringing in um, graduates. And you're not allowed to go to universities to pinch them because that's taboo in yeah, that yeah. health industry. Interesting. Um, okay. You can't farm them from there. You have to do it like indirectly. And they would, um, they would bring them in. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah join our, join our whatever. And they would run them through the mill. They'd be like, you'd have to do it like this. You have to do it like this. No innovation, no side yeah, right. thinking. It's This is how we do it. You get excited. You finish mm. uni. You're about to get your first job. You get your first job. This also applies to education system yeah. too. You get in the wrong school. You get a principal that isn't forward thinking traditionally 40 years. Yeah. You're going to be crushed. Mm. But in your first experience, you'll think that that's what the industry is like. Now, for the, for the most part, that's exactly what the health industry and the education mm. industry is like anyway, for the most part. And it sucks because we, we don't even get to see the best of our innovative leaders grow from the ground up because they're cut right at the roots before they even sprout because yeah. these systems are out of date because these leaders are selfish for the whole time. Mm. So we're you're in tech, I'm in digital, kind of complementary industries. We come in and we want innovation. We want someone to come in and go, there's, a, there's an easier way. Tell me more. I'm yeah. stoked. You, you optimise my systems. I'm, I'm, what else can we do, you know? And I think what you said really struck a chord then. You said it's a real mindset shift, right? Like, you know, it's – you work for them, not yeah. they work for you. Yeah. And and I think that's the key. I think yeah. if more employers had that mindset shift that, yeah, I've got, an, I've got a, a fresh graduate, I'm going to work for them. I'm going to help set their career up yeah. rather than they're going to do everything I'm going to tell them to do and they're going to do it because I'm paying them two different mindsets. Because, uh, yeah, once upon a time I ran a marketing agency as well. So we went through that process of hiring young people and and that mindset shift, I, I totally agree. It's, it's something where, you know, they come in, they don't have any experience, but they've got energy versus someone that has like 30 years of experience, they're set in a specific way of doing things and they're more towards like, I'm just doing this to get paid mm. versus these young guys that just, they bring that energy, they bring that vibe mm. and they just want to, be the best that they can be. Yeah. 
you've got to nurture that, right? Yeah. This is an interesting question uh, that goes from um, that to the topic of quiet quitting. I've heard a few people on LinkedIn say that quiet quitting is nonsense because you come into the industry, you should do, do what is expected of you. Sorry, Seth, can you explain to me what quiet quitting? I don't think I've never quiet seen Quiet quitting that. is yeah. you're, you've got a job mm. and you're not, you're not doing anything else but the bare minimum of what is required from you. Ah, okay. Because you do not see a, you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel because your boss doesn't give a shit. You work overtime, they say that's expected of you. They, they use that as an example. Mm, wow. Quite quitting is you are no longer wanting to push your career further because of the scenario that you're in because you don't, just don't see – you don't feel validated. You don't feel wanted. You don't have that sense of belonging anymore. Mm. So just you quietly quit. You're just doing what is asked, oh. asked of you. To get paid. To get just paid. enough to get paid. That's yep. quietly quitting. Now – And you also queue up the next job. Yeah. And you also, yeah, uh, you're also starting to look for the next job, right? I've seen this happen so much more over the last couple of years, especially with after the pandemic. People have worked from home and realized, oh, my God, what the hell? Why couldn't we do this all the time? But um, someone brought this up and uh, – and I uh, completely disagree with them, but they said exactly what the problem at first hand is. You are coming in, you need to impress us to go f- further forward. How can I come in and impress you if I'm unaware of what you want me to do? Yes, sure, you're telling me what you want me to do, but if I want to impress you, where's the guarantee that you're going to actually reward that extra effort instead of going, great, thanks? You know, yeah. That's where the communication needs to start happening between the leaders and the the rookies, right? There's none of that. Mm. There needs to be empathy. There needs to be a, a a basic understanding of, hey, are you happy? Where do you want to be in 12 months? Let's make it happen. Let's set some goals, like actionable yeah. goals, because this is what I reckon every boss should do, in every every job, every industry. All right. Here's your salary. Are you happy with this? Yes. Do you like the tasks that you've been set to do allocated every day? Yes. Um, where would you like to be quarterly, bi-yearly, whatever? This, this, and this. Great. All right. Let's negotiate not the costs but the actions because they've already told you what they want. Great. If we can do this, this, and this by the end of this, so, you know, KPIs, extra KPIs, are you willing to go the extra mile? And I will guarantee that by the time we get to that next um, uh, talk, you will have met them. We there will be have you'll have evidence, and we can go forward. Yeah, you almost gamify it. Yeah, almost gamify it. Um, the client that I was talking about with the health industry—they're trying to do that as well with the hours. They're trying to like make an app about it. I like that. But what about with? Uh, you know, your standard corporate jobs, even your admins. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the jobs that, you know, you feel like it's like a, a mid, midway job. People need to see the light at the end of the tunnel. They can't That's be robots. Right. They can't be put in a cubicle because they quietly quit and two things happen. 
you aren't progressing in your company and if they leave, it's actually going to cost you more money to yeah. hire someone else and you're starting again. And that's a risk. Mm. So why not do the due diligence early and go, right, this is a succession plan. Um, Ernest Young does it really well. Yeah. You know? I have, I've got a friend uh, and he was telling me the company he works for did exactly the same thing, right? And going back to what you said, Sev, it's, it's the bosses that need to listen to mm. – their staff and 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 you know lay that foundation in terms of this is what where you want to go. Let me help you get there. Yeah. So my friend was saying like one of the his teammates just wanted a five k pay rise. That's all, and he'd been harping on it for a long time, right? Just a five grand pay rise per year. Per year, that's it. It's five grand, right? And I'm not going to mention the company, but the company can definitely afford that. Anyway, the boss didn't listen, so that teammate left got a 55 grand pay increase somewhere else when all he wanted was a five grand increase yeah i've heard that story so many times and you know what that company now has to spend all that money finding someone to replace him to train him up and they're going to have a what four to six month period where they may not be productive like that previous guy Mm. was because he had all that domain experience of the company so you know and it was just a communication thing. It's just listening to your staff. Yeah. That's all it is. So why That's do you think bosses don't listen? I think it, from from my time seeing it in the corporate world as well, I think it's a couple of things like hidden agendas. So egos. I think egos, that's a big thing. And what, what it plain and what I think it really comes down to is just prioritization. So I think a lot of bosses – don't prioritize their staff's needs over their own. So they'll they'll go, this is what my boss is telling me we need to do. This is what the company's trying to achieve. And that's my priority because I'm going to get my pay yeah. check, my bonus from hitting those KPIs. But then what helps you get those KPIs? Uh, your staff, your team. The teamwork makes the dream work, right? That's it. I like, um yeah. I I was going to do all of this myself. I was doing it myself Mm. and I was on the verge of burnout. And then I fortunately met uh, my my business partner, Lars, who took me under his wing, didn't ask for much and just said, let's build this thing so that my small portion of the ownership is my retirement fund. And I'm like, amazing, brilliant. Let's do it, you know. I'm learning so much from him and I'm not allowing him to do it all for me because I need to learn myself. He's in his later 50s. He's mm-hmm. doing okay. And um, that's how I'm learning, right? Kind of like a mentorship thing. But, um, yeah, I need to really make sure that the people now that are helping me are looked after. They're happy. Like always, I'm always checking in because the most important thing is my health. Mm. And if I have someone else doing things for me that they're happy to do and we've discussed it, I'm healthier. Yeah, it's a part of it's a part of a mental stra- uh, stress relief, you know. And um, delegation, delegation is one of the most important things. Networking, delegating, sales, um, and physical activity and sleep. Those are like the <laughs> and food, <laughs> um, quality downtime. Food's a big one. Food's Absolutely. a big one. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I I want to make sure that 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 keeps happening. But 
We're seeing more and more people jump on this, which is good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing awesome. to think that ten only ten years ago it wasn't even a thing um, in the mainstream. Um, but maybe there's another thing. Like, what if what if there's a and this is just like another random app idea. What if you created a service that uh, businesses can take on and go right? We're gonna we're gonna create this employment management thing. Maybe this is already a thing. I don't know. Um, where the employer employee starts on a salary it's it's in the app and it literally gamifies all their kpis and stuff so they can meet them and all this stuff and then it upgrades them i love that stuff yeah you know nothing more motivating playing a video game uh you know mmorpg than having a, a heads up display telling me what i need to do next in order to up upgrade yeah you know level up why don't they do that in the workforce? Yeah, in absolutely. Any, it would work in any business. Yeah. And the thing is, I think one of the, the big problems could be is you get a superstar player that comes in and meets them all really quickly. Are you able to afford to upgrade them? Mm. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's like where, you know, you play one of those games like Mortal Kombat and <laughs> Street Fighter, which I used to play as a kid and – you get like to this bonus level and you, you you beat the you get to play against like the big you know big villain sort of thing uh yeah no i think that's a great idea like i think gamification is now becoming more mainstream as well mm. but i love what i love doing is seeing what's happening in one industry and taking it and applying it to my industry oh, yeah. so if you can see yeah gamification working really well in yeah normal games right um, or sports, and then we can apply that to the workplace. Man, yeah. I think that's a brilliant idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. See how we go. Um, I think there's so much more I want to talk about, but uh, in terms of time, uh, we'll leave it up to the, the people to discuss things further. But um, how do we come about your services and where do we find you and everything you're about? Yeah. It's a great question. So uh, our website is www.subamplify.com. So our software is uh, and our platform is all there. So you can find out more about that there. Uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So if you just search Douglas Lim there on LinkedIn, is. there we go. There Look at that is. screen. There's uh, Who's that beautiful gentleman on the, the left there? Oh, I think it's me. Um, no glasses. Got no the glasses on that day. Yeah, you know why I'm wearing my glasses, by the way, because I go to the beach every Sunday and I've got this massive. T <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so you can find me more there. Um, just search Douglas Lim on LinkedIn or my email Douglas at subamplify.com, and you will hit me directly. So going on the LinkedIn. Look yeah, at this. loves it. Douglas Lim on the LinkedIn. How good's LinkedIn, eh? Oh, mate, you know oh. what? That's kind of been my next kind of hustle. Yeah. Um, for the last year, just going hard on LinkedIn and just giving value on that. Proven, proven the point. Yeah. Because um, when I, I'm telling kids, I don't care how old you are, get on LinkedIn, start networking with the people that can get you to where you want to be in your current field of passion yeah um whether it's someone who's even an admin talk to them get away in get your foot in the door and then start working your way up get to the 
I don't know, maybe there's a, a HR person that's looking for internships. My biggest problem with kids these days is they fall into the same routine where they don't understand the day-to-day of the job that they want to, that they have to study for, whether it's at in, just in high school mm. or as an apprentice or university. And they spend tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds even, to figure out that it's not for them. Yeah. Do the practical first. Find a way to do it practically first. Look at YouTube videos. Look at documentaries of people doing it. Go interview someone in your field of that you're interested in and say to them, hey, can I be your assistant or like I'll work for free for a week with you. I just want to see if I like this career. And that's what I have work experience at school, but I just don't think it's enough. Like I did work experience. I want to be a geologist once. My, my grandpa was a geologist. I, love, I still love that stuff. But the day-to-day core sampling in a mine, I was like, no. I grew up in Kalgoorlie. Mum wanted me to – mum suggested I be a mining engineer. Yeah, the open cup, the open pit mine there. No way. It was so boring. Like initially it was cool because I was like, oh, is there gold in this one? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. hundred samples later, you find like a speck of dust and you're like, all right, we're, we're drilling there now. And then every – did you know that every big giant truck yeah. yields one golf ball of gold? Just one. Far yeah. Out. One big truck. Those big ones yeah, are bigger massive. than this building. Yeah. I've seen them in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Yeah, massive. Um, but yeah, the day-to-day. Know what the day-to-day is and ask yourself truly. Don't, give, don't care about your parents or what your teachers suggest. Your teachers are there to guide you. They shouldn't be there to preach. Same with the parents. Your parents' job is to make sure you stay alive and then when you leave the nest, you should have enough education and self-awareness and self-esteem to go, I'm going to give this a go. This is something I want to do because of this, this and this. I don't want to come to you and say, what do you want to do right now? Not for the rest of your life, right now. I want to be a doctor. Okay. Tell me the day-to-day of what a doctor has. Go in the office, sit down, have a meeting, Consult, talk about it, tell a patient why they're not well and tell them that they have to do this, this and this. It's midday. You've just had 10, 15, 20 GP clients. You've said the same thing over and over. You feel frustrated. In the afternoons, the whole afternoon again, that's just Monday. Do you want to do that again every day, every day, every day? A lot of them I've actually talked to, they're like, yeah, if I have my time again, I'd do something different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So make sure for those of you at home, that you love what you do or you are certain what it is that you want to do right now because, again, the pivot comes later, is you want to do it and it's just everything for you and it's okay to change your mind. Yeah, 100%. Like when I talk to young kids as well, Sev, I – I always tell them three things, you know, like what's one one thing that you're naturally good at that everyone else finds hard. I love that. That kind of gives you a clue of where what you can do and what you should do. Um, that's one thing. And then second thing, going back to what you said, what's one area or people group that you're passionate about? Mm. So you could be passionate about saving the earth, okay, and you're good at like product design. Well, you put the two the two together. You could be a product designer for something that like coffee cups that save are disposable, the world. save the world, right? Yeah. 
So I kind of tell kids, my kids anyway, at church and stuff, these are the things that you should look at. Yeah. Uh, because I wish I, – I was fortunate that I was like you. I thought I'd do mechanical engineering. So I did engineering at uni. Then I realised, oh, my gosh, these forces on bridges, I have no idea. But I found programming easy, right? Like or everyone else found it hard. And I was just fortunate that my engineering degree – you could do one year, a common year, and you could then specialize after that. So then I quickly and royally and rightly switched to software engineering, which was my passion and which I found easier than everyone else. And I'm so glad I did because I think I'd be absolutely miserable if I was a mechanical engineer. No offense to oh, yeah, mech engineers. Like I yeah. just, I'd be stuck. Yeah. I'd be like my mate. Yeah. I want to do something else, but I can't. Yeah. I kinda, well, you can. You can. Yeah, you can. It's just harder. It's just harder. The older you are. Yeah, it's not impossible. It's just a matter of how how much you want to get out of it. Yeah, because you can. That's so, it. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. Oh, pleasure, thanks Seth. For the chat. I'm so glad to good. catch up with you, man. Yeah. And um, everybody hitting them up. You know the drill. Uh, in the description of this um, will be all the details as well. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully speak to you soon. And uh, get get working together. Yeah. Sounds right. good. Easy. All right, guys. Good, thanks. Cool.